Hi, I'm Matt Falk, coming at you from Hadi Da Studio. Welcome to Past, Present, Future, the only podcast in the universe that dares to appease the ghosts of comedy past, comedy present, and comedy yet to come. My guest today is a stand-up comedian and one-fourth of a sketch group called Hunks. They've performed at Just for Laughs Northwest, San Francisco Sketchfest, Chicago Sketchfest, Toronto Sketchfest, and have even opened for the legendary Bruce McCullough from Kids in the Hall. And I should mention that the Winnipeg Free Press said that Hunks is, quote, funnier than most good episodes of Saturday Night Live. He has performed on the hit CBC radio show The Debaters three times, including a now infamous debate that resulted in his marriage to his now wife, comedian Dana Smith. Together, they've toured across the country on their very successful honeymoon tour. In fact, when the Canadian Comedy Symposium needed a host for the touring and showcasing workshop, they asked him. He's featured on the comedy record special entitled Winnipeg Comedy, and his debut comedy album, You Gotta Laugh, can be regularly heard on Just for Laughs Canada on Sirius XM. Please welcome Tim Gray. Hello, Tim. Hello, Matt. Thank you for that lovely introduction. It's my pleasure. <laughs> we uh, go way back. So, way back. like, like maybe months. Like, <laughs> no, uh, we we both uh, came up in the Winnipeg comedy scene, and right. we we knew of each other. We hung out and we talked and we did shows together. I yeah. remember one time uh, <laughs> I was doing a corporate gig. Yeah. In, in Brandon, Manitoba. Oh, that's right. Yes. About three hours from Winnipeg. And yes. it was literally, I think the day of or the day before or like a couple days before, it was very, very short notice. The agent told me, all right, so who's opening up for you at this corporate? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean who's opening up for me? I, I don't know. You're who, who, and what's, what's going on right now? Basically, he thought that I was going to bring the opener. And yes. uh, he, I thought that he was arranging the opener, and it was a big kerfuffle of a miscommunication. <laughs> anyway, I knew who to call. I called, uh, I called you, and you right away said yes. You came out to Brandon with me, and we did a nice stuffy corporate together. That was fun. I believe that was, I think that might have been like February 2020. I think that was like just before the pandemic. That's right, and we were the ones who caused it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What was the, I think it was like, I don't know. I don't want to, maybe, maybe we don't want to mention. We won't, we won't say who it was because yeah. they, they've uh, legally, they've asked us to separate to ourselves stop. from them. Yeah. Just please stop talking about us. But that was so much fun. And we've worked together in the, uh, since then as well. And it's, uh, it's great to talk. It's always you. a treat when I see you on a show and we get to, uh, to do a show together. And uh, you know, the times that you would come down to wee Johnny's Irish pub when I was running shows out of there and just grace us with your uh, dynamic presence. It was always such a treat. Well, that's kind. But speaking of dynamic presence, uh, my word, listening audience, if you've never seen Tim Gray live, I, I highly recommend <laughs> it. Your, your style is so interesting and it's oh. so different and it's so captivating to watch. And uh -huh. It, it is also like completely out of left field. Like you, you never yeah. know what you're going to yeah. say or what you're going to do next. And it's fascinating. Try to keep the audience guessing and on their toes. And you know, it's, it's so hard to, uh, I mean, it's so hard to, I think, figure out your voice on stage as a comedian, you know, it's something that people can spend their whole 
career trying to figure out i mean i think a lot of people come out of the gate just like knowing who they are or what they sound like or or like or the or, or are aware of certain talents that they have and can kind of focus on that when they're developing their craft or whatnot um like with yourself you're so good physically and with voices and stuff like that and you can really paint a picture with your material you know where it's like you know it's almost like watching a movie <laughs> oh <laughs> you geez. know you just get like the sound the visuals everything all into all into one well that's very um, kind and here's the thing though something that you said has rustled one of the ghosts and we are about uh -oh. to get our very first visitation here uh, uh -oh. i think here we go i am the ghost of comedy past Today I take you to discovering your absurdist style. Oh, he was clamoring to get in there. He could sense us on the heels of this question. So bring us to the time when you did discover this absurdist style that you have. Sure. Uh, I have this really close friend, Justin, uh, Justin Van Nuveren, and um, him and I uh, were friends from like babies and we're still really close friends now we met at this uh church that my family went to and his family went to as well in winnipeg and um and i just like making him laugh i mean yeah he has a good sense of humor um but there's something that, uh, there's something about me being around him that i've always been very comfortable yeah being very absurd and silly and and there was like this moment that i remember it was after i'd already started doing comedy where him and i were outside talking it was the summertime we were in downtown winnipeg and i just started um doing like this really silly physical thing that wasn't even like a thing that i can say like oh i was talking about this particular thing and then i uh went down this rabbit hole with it you know it was right. more about the sound and the okay, physical yeah. energy that I was giving to him, sure. there was no narrative or nothing like that. So, and I was just making him laugh and rolling him over. And like, there, I don't know, there was some, there was like almost a little, a bit of an epiphany moment in that conversation where I was like, no, this is, this is my humor. And that's um, incredible. So there was these open mic nights at, um, at, at, uh, it was the cheer. It was Jacqueline Hyde's. It yes. was run by Ben Walker. And it was, uh, I think it ran for over five years and, you know, it was a lot of nights that was very hard, like no audience or, or, or whatever. Um, and there was, uh, there was just like a turning point there for those shows where I started getting very comfortable and I started trying to do, uh, five minutes um, of material where I'm not doing anything written and I'm just trying to convey energy to the crowd. Wow. I would just say one word for five minutes. No, like, yeah, or something like that. Like, I would just try to say one word or make one sound for the whole five minutes, you know, and not say anything. And that's so, that so defines your style, the fact that you could get laughs, five minutes of laughs, just saying one word. I think I've even seen you do something similar to this. I've yeah. also seen a bit that you do where you are laughing and yeah. the audience laughs at your laugh. And that happens, yeah. that lasts for almost three minutes. Like that's <laughs> yeah. insane. And here's the thing, okay. So I relate to what you're saying because I have a friend his name is Josiah. And growing up, um, I was ridiculous with Josiah. And I that was I always felt like that was my comedic voice. But I've been too kind of right. nervous to like right. do that 
fully and commit to that fully on stage. And then when I met my wife, I was able to do that ridiculous silliness with her as well. So I've always heard too, like you need to like write for a very specific audience. Like, and for me, I write for my wife, Sabrina and my friend, Josiah. And it sounds like you write for Justin, but the difference is that you are brave enough to fully commit to it and not hold back on stage. Whereas I am still too timid to, to give myself fully over to that on stage. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe sometimes I go back into my hole and I, you know, now to like talking about it now, because because my wife Dana, it, it's the same thing with that sense of humor. Like I can just make silly, silly sounds and uh, yeah. and portray something physically to her and that makes you... no sense, but it is it, uh, it's still a form of communication that seems to be clear because they <laughs> laugh, you know, but it's not like set up punchline. It's yeah, I don't know, a sound <laughs> and a movement. Do you ever get nervous? Like, cause let me preface it by saying comedy is terrifying. It I don't is. think people realize when you're starting off and even when you're fully established, yeah. it's so scary to go up yeah. there and try something that you believe is funny and yes. have a group of strangers collectively with their silence tell you, <laughs> you know, you are wrong. <laughs> it is not funny. So where do you yes. get, where do you get the boldness to say, if, if, if I go down with the ship, I go down with the ship. There was a time, and um, I'm sure it'll be a time again in my future, and maybe you can relate to this, where, like, you do a show, and it's going really, really well, but there's one person who's, like, in the front or it, within eyesight oh, yeah. that clearly isn't enjoying it. And now, all of a sudden, like, all you can seem to focus on is this person, not this one person who you can't understand why they aren't on board with like this full room of people laughing and having a great time. Um, I sometimes am able to operate in the, in the opposite space of that where like, Oh, I just need one person in that room to be on board wow. with what I'm doing. And then I can just lock in and grow from that, you know? Wow. That's insane. And that's so great. And I feel like if anyone's listening to this, if anyone, if anyone out there can hear our words, no, if there's, if there's a comic listening to this, that is such incredible advice because we all have that where we look at the one person that hates us and the one yeah. person doing it. But if we can get past that and find the one person that loves us, that is a surefire way to not only build your comedy voice, but to build your comedy audience because right. then those individuals are going to love you so much because you're catering yes. the show to them that they will keep finding you over and over until this thing grows. That is, uh, that's intense. And like, I love it when, cause there's certain rooms where like, let's say a corporate, for example, that yeah. they're not there to see you. They're just there cause they're supposed to be there and yeah. you're doing comedy and some of them are going to get it and some of them aren't going to get it. But then yeah. there's audiences like uh, the audience you recorded your comedy special in front of, you got a laugh and right. you did a bit in there. You, you did an intermission yeah. just, just for the listening audience where you made <laughs> your, your studio audience sit through it. There was some music and then you called a friend of yours and it was like yeah. so bizarre. And it was, it's such a risk to do something like this, but you can hear the audience. You commit to it, but the music is going for like a minute and some, Yeah, and you can hear the audience laughing and there's nothing happening. There's because nothing they're, happening. They're completely with you in this. And I think I, I read in another interview that you're a fan of Steve Martin and he was yes. very physical in some of his albums. And something I remember he said was that, some of the physical bits he would do, and he wouldn't even translate them for an audio record. He would just yes. do the bit, 
it would get a laugh, and audiences yes. would listen to that, wonder what it was that was getting a laugh, and they would come yes. to see him live. Yes, exactly. That's that's I yeah, I think that might have even been in his book, Born Standing. Uh, yes, it was. That really spoke to me. Like I I don't know. I I've read the book, and then I've also I got the um the book on CD. It's like a six CD thing, you know. Or he's reading yeah. it, and he's like playing banjo between the chapters, and. Oh, he man. has little asides and stuff like that. And it really feels like you're sitting in his living room and he's telling you all of his secrets and his whole story and stuff like that. And uh, I think I listened to that like two or three different times. But like that thing in particular really spoke to me that like you don't need to explain what's happening in the moment. Like I have, um, you know, the impression of me doing the Canadian flag yes. on uh, yeah, your, poli- your quote political jokes. Yeah, yeah. My political <laughs> joke. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that that's on the album, and I don't, you know, I just I got truly inspired by Steve Martin because I thought, you know, I I love that idea, you know, that that you can listen to it, be excited about what it might be, and just be excited by list like hearing the audience react to it and imagining what it might be. Yeah, and I could I could talk with you about this for a very long time because I I grew up listening to comedy CD, and I remember there was uh, one album in particular. It was Robin Williams live at the Met, and mm. there was there's a couple laughs on there that I did not understand. And yeah. it didn't make me frustrated, like producers yeah. might say now, oh, this is gonna frustrate your audience. It totally. made me go back and listen to that track over and over and over until yeah. in my head, I could just, I made something up as to what he yes. was doing that would cause that laugh. And that for a comedy nerd is yeah. way more satisfying than hearing a setup and punchline. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Hey, what do you think about this? There's a fellow who is going out on tour Across North America, I think mostly I the U.S. That. I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> oh, there's more. There's more. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, it's a Robin Williams tribute show. So he looks like Robin Williams. He dresses like Robin Williams, and he's doing Robin Williams stand-up material. Wow. Um, here's what I think about that. I think I'm okay with it. Yeah. I think I'm okay with it. I think there yeah. was a uh, Matt Falk seven years ago would have been like, that's wrong. Can't yeah. do it. But yeah. I've, I've, my biggest influences were Ellen DeGeneres and Robin Williams. It was those two right. people that yeah. my act is a combination of those two styles. Oh, that's really interesting. And, uh, <laughs> and with, uh, <laughs> with some other people sprinkled in there as well. But mm-hmm. um, I've often thought, how much fun would it be? Because I, I memorized here and now. Ellen special yeah. here and now. I was like, how much yeah. fun would it be just for me to go and do verbatim, word for word, oh. cadence for cadence, Ellen's yeah. here and now special. And that'd I'm like, amazing. that'd be so much fun, but I, you can't do something like that. So to hear someone doing it who looks like Robin and sounds yes. like Robin, yeah. I mean, why not? Why I don't not? even I don't even think that he would be opposed to that. And I know His him personally. Bands. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay yeah, with okay. it. What do you Great. think about it, Tim? I wasn't sure how to feel about it at first because I was like, is it uh, doing a disservice to maybe he's not going to nail it as perfectly as Robin, but we don't have Robin no, anymore. We don't have Robin anymore to see something live. And he's not stealing material. He's saying no. what it is. Yeah. I, honestly, dude, I think I'm okay with it. Yeah. I think not so that too. My, I'm saying it like my opinion is the be all and end all. You know yeah, what? Yeah. I give this guy permission to do this tour <laughs> that he's already doing. Okay. I'll let him know. Yeah. Good, thank yeah, you. Matt, Matt says it's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> okay here we go did you hear that oh i'm sensing another presence coming here timmy i am the ghost of comedy presence
answer this. What is the Canadian comedy scene like right now? Oh. Ooh. What's it like? Interesting. Um, I think right now it's in a pretty cool place, especially after the pandemic and a lot of people, you know, had time to recalibrate, reevaluate. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we're in the midst of like a big, big boom. You know, I, I think like there's a boom be- in what sense? Because we we're watching, we've been seeing a boom of comedians, like people, like more and more comics yes. uh, coming in for a while now. And we've and the specials on Netflix and everything were being saturated. Yeah. Do you mean a boom in that sense or do you mean a creative boom? I think a boom in in, in terms of um supply and demand. Uh interesting. I was at I was doing uh I, I do some um uh like odd job construction maintenance man stuff on the yeah. side for a little extra cash and I was at a person's uh house the other day fixing a front door and all the neighbors were out in the street talking together and they were all talking about like for a while their conversation was all about comedy and like they're none of them are comedians but they were just saying oh we watched every comedy special on netflix we have you heard about this show in town we got to go see you know some more live comedy so i feel like i don't know That's i feel crazy. like there's gonna be did more you stop more... did you stop fixing their their stuff and go well <laughs> you like comedy do you <laughs> would you like to see an impression of a canadian flag <laughs> No. <laughs> Get back in the house. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I would agree with you. I think it's becoming more mainstream for sure. Yeah. Like yeah. people, like, you know, you can have when my barber finds out found out that I was a comedian, you know, we were mm-hmm. able to talk about comics and you know, he was like, Oh yeah, I just saw, you know, XYZ live. And I just went, I'm like, oh wow, people are like going out and seeing big yeah. name comics live. And there's a big demand for it. I feel yeah. like there's way more theater comics than there's ever yeah. been before, you know, yeah. like there was only like four or five at most before. Yes. And now there's dozens that that will come through and charge two hundred dollars a ticket and, yeah, you know, sell out a, a twenty five hundred seat theater um, and some that, you know, uh, like Sebastian Maniscalco, I can't. I've never seen uh, even a set of his. Not that like I'm <laughs> avoiding it or nothing right, like that, right. but I know that he's basically like selling out arenas in some places he's huge and like that's that's the craziest thing is when you've never seen a comedian perform yes yeah and they are selling out stadiums yes and that's insane because it shows um, that there's yeah. an audience for every huge absolutely absolutely um well it's nice to hear some optimism about the boom i think a lot of yeah. comedians are very nervous about it because they go everyone's going to get sick of comedy but it's nice to remember that i don't think so there's there's room there's room for yeah. everybody to find their audience and to do well so too. when comedy is popular and there's a lot of new comics coming in but i think like you know we're at a a, a certain advantage because we put in a lot of work in maybe the darker years yeah when comedy was still like uh a, a, a you know rejected by the masses yeah <laughs> yeah when yeah when saying that you wanted to be a comedian was not like a clear career path to that yeah yeah now it really does seem like oh that's a very successful career path. yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like i want to get into banking banking are you nuts get a stable career like stand-up <laughs> have you seen please, the financial just, market <laughs> just look at this brochure for humber please 
<laughs> Make your father and I a little school. less nervous and just go to an open mic night a couple nights a week. Have a fallback. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. You might like it. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, and this brings us to our final ghost here, Tim. Uh, mm. I don't want to make you nervous, but this one can be a little intimidating. I am the ghost of comedy yet to come. What is one thing you want to do in comedy that you're too afraid to do? Oh boy, clunky sentence structure, ghost of comedy yet to come. But <laughs> the point stands, you huh. are a fearless comic in my mind. But what's Ooh. one thing you want to do in comedy that you are too afraid to do? Oh my gosh, that is so interesting of a question to ask. Thank you. I was talking to a comedian friend the other day about about that and the end and um like I I'm I am showcasing for just for the laughs uh at the end of this month. Wonderful. And it's on my to-do list, but at the same time I'm trying to manage my expectations for what I want to get out of comedy. And I think that if I never do just for laughs, I will be totally fine and happy. Um, mm. It's not a, it's maybe it's something I'm afraid of is like, uh, is, you know, being comfortable with what opportunities I get and just making the most out of those. Wow. Um, instead of wow. letting myself get, down or frustrated like i should get this i should have this i should whatever you know uh yeah. just trying to make the most out of whatever is in front of me man to yeah to run your own race yeah and not focus on the expectations that you know you might have had when you were younger and the yeah. things that you thought okay to be a successful stand-up you need to you know get on just for laughs which is yeah. a canadian comic you know that that's always been kind of the pinnacle but to Absolutely. kind of manage that and go you know what uh, I need to get to the place where I'd be okay if I never did. Yeah. That's a really bold, that's a, that's a, that's a bold endeavor. Yeah. If, if I'm not for them, I'm not for them. That's fine. But like, I just need to find that one face in the crowd that is laughing and then hold on to that, you know? So then what's your official answer? What is the thing? So the thing that you're, you're too, that you want to do, but that right now you might be too afraid to do is to be content with whatever comes guess so yeah i mean yeah this is beautiful. i'm trying to think of something that i'm actually afraid to do in comedy and i don't know i do i'm generally fairly fearless and i think i have my uh low iq score and brain injury to thank for that um <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing that's why i when when the ghost of comedy yet to come told me that he was going to ask this question we have a brainstorming session in the morning sure he, um I, I was so excited to hear your answer because I would think like, yeah, the only thing that would scare you in comedy is maybe to do your act from a very high height. Yes. Submerged in water, something like that, because there's really right. nothing that you wouldn't do on stage that other comics would be squirming. But you, you, it doesn't seem to bother you, but I love the idea that it's more existential, that it's more the thing that, you know, the next step for you is to be like, you know, if I'm, cause you are such an abstract comic. Right. That's the other thing. And so by the very nature of what you're incredible at, opportunities are going to be closed to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that to become yeah. okay with that is I need to actually into beautiful. That. Be okay with that. And that's fine. I can find ways to stay true to my voice, but still be maybe a little bit more accessible in a way. Like I sure. 
I know that I have some jokes that are, you know, that are recognizable patterns that people can um, follow along and, and hopefully laugh at the end when they're surprised. But um, maybe my future will be leaning more towards the absurd and and trying to be more fearless, getting wow. getting back to what I what I found and I fell in love with when I started. Wow. And that's a good segue, I think, for our final question here, because you know as well as I do, Mr. Gray, that mm. uh, these ghosts brought you to these three specific spots for a reason. Mm-hmm. They wanted to, they wanted to teach you something. So yeah. what what is the revelation that you've had? What have you learned? How are you forever changed mm. from this conversation? Yes. <laughs> no, I... something that happened off mic. That our audience doesn't know about. Yes. How did this 28 minute conversation, I don't know how long it's been, conversation changed your life forever? How does this interaction with the ghosts changed you? It's given me, um, it's, 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 it's given me a fresh perspective. It's, it is nice sometimes when you're on a long road trip to pull over and just, uh, look at the mountains and take in the sky one of my goals for the summer is to get a blanket, go to a park, and lay on the ground and watch the clouds move by. That's a, an actual uh, goal that I have set for myself for the summer. Because I really uh, I like that. Take more moments like that, you know. Slow down. Slow mm-hmm. down. Can yeah. that, I really love that. Can I, if I can be so bold, can I tell you a thread that I saw throughout our our talk? That yeah. I, the Ghost of Comedy Pass brought you to your friend Justin outside being silly and having this epiphany that, man, maybe this is something special. Mm. And the Ghost of Comedy present, you know, made you realize that we are in a really cool place in comedy where everybody has an audience. And yeah. the Ghost of Comedy future, you know, challenged you to be okay with whatever happens because mm. you got to be true to yourself. But what's yeah. interesting is that you've always been saying that. You've always been saying from the very beginning, you got to be true to yourself. Find that one person, mm. whether it's Justin or that one person in the audience, yeah. and play to them because that's going to make you the most authentic version of yourself. And mm. you really have nothing to fear from the future because you said it in the present that literally everybody can have an audience because your audience will find you. And the way that your audience will find you is by be you being completely authentic to yourself and growing that wow. audience one one person at a time. So wow. it's interesting that there are fears and uh, you know things that seem inevitable in your career, but at the mm-hmm. same side, your career is also building the solution to those very problems. Wow. You're better than my therapist, Matt. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I should pay you for this. This is ridiculous. That's you are <laughs> paying me for this. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. Not get the second the email. I yes. Said. I'm just looking at it now. Two, there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It got it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I uh, man, this is this has been so great chatting with you. And I'm, I'm going to say again, if you've never seen Tim live, uh, please do it. And uh, if you can't because uh, you don't live near him then mm. uh, or you're not near one of the cities that he's touring to, then uh, mm. check out his album, check out his recordings, and uh, and you can visualize the things that the audience is laughing at that you're not seeing. <laughs> Go ahead and visualize that. Uh, Tim, this is a treat. Where, where do people get a hold of you? Where do they find you? I'm, I'm most active on my Instagram if you want to hear about shows and see mostly pictures of my dog, Peggy. Yes. Um, it's at Tim Gray Rules with a Z. Um, Gray is spelled G-R-A-Y. 
I do have the website zellers.biz, but it just redirects to my link tree. Um, <laughs> zellers.biz. Zellers.biz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Okay, um, good. Yeah, and I uh yeah, I'm gonna be doing um uh we're doing some regular shows in Toronto every other week. We're doing a show at a place called Old School, which is a restaurant on Dundas. And then uh once a, about once a month we're doing a show at Comedy Bar called Thrupple Threat. And uh if you're around this Winnipeg this summer, I will be doing the Winnipeg Fringe Festival, doing a, a solo stand-up show and um and then uh producing a, a little bit of a, a stand-up showcase show as well so it'll be fun that's awesome well we can't wait to check it out thank you again we're gonna put uh, a link in the show notes to uh how people can get in touch with you and how they can follow you and uh, check out all those great shows that you mentioned thank you so much for for chatting with me tim this was so lovely yeah thank you for having me man i appreciate it always do always was- do my pleasure and a big thank you to the ghosts of comedy past present and future and most of all thank you to all of you for listening would you please continue to rate us subscribe to us leave us a review it really helps other people find the show and we so appreciate uh, everyone who's already done it. Uh, it it does go a long way i'm matt falk until next time god bless us everyone <laughs> Tiny Tim.